So in season five of Franchise Findings, we're gonna to continue to go through some of the most popular franchises in the United States and globe. Also, we're going through some emerging franchise concepts that have anywhere from two, five, hundred locations throughout the United States growing and looking to take on the world with their franchise system. We continue to interview founders of franchises as well as franchisees. So a lot of information for you. Hope you enjoy season five of Franchise Findings. So if you've been researching franchises, Babai, you've probably seen some of the benefits. A major benefit that is touted by many of the franchise brands, but might not actually be true, is the collective purchasing power of franchisees and that franchisees are benefiting from it. So you, you can't deny the fact that there is collective purchasing power. The thing that's up for debate is who benefits from that collective purchasing power. Is it the franchisor or is it the group of franchisees that derive the benefit from that collective purchasing power? Or is it shared and, and everyone benefits together for that collective purchasing power? Think about large franchise systems. You have Subway that has over 20,000 franchise locations just in the United States. Something that Subway franchisees did many years ago was form a co-op where it's independent of Subway, the franchise brand, the organization. And it's a separate entity that is negotiating on behalf of Subway franchisees to get the best possible pricing for those 20,000 Subway locations that are franchise owned and, and operated. What that allows is for you to get produce at a reduced rate, for you to get napkins at a reduced rate. There are only certain items that Subway franchise or is gonna regulate on and that might be on the soft drink space that so you have to have a specific soft drink like, like Coca-Cola or, or Pepsi products. But the rest of, of the products that you would purchase for your Subway restaurant it's being negotiated by this independent entity on, on your behalf as the franchisee to reduce the prices. So there are franchise systems that do that and contributes a pretty good uh, bottom line for some of these franchise systems, or at least improves the bottom line in terms of what you get to keep and take home as, as the franchise owner. There are also franchise systems that there's no independent body but the franchisor is directly negotiating on your behalf and passing all the savings. So they're passing all the savings and it's a pizza franchise, for example, uh, the sauces, any of the products that you're selling or that you need to make pizza or deliver the pizza in the boxes, the franchisor is negotiating on behalf of 50, 100, thousands of franchisees, as well as for their corporate locations to get the best possible price for suppliers. So at the end of the day, you make more money and you can reinvest and, and grow and, and open up more locations or just have more money to su sustain you and, and, and your family. So this is a scale. So you have those on one end where the franchisee is deriving a lot of value and the, the franchisor is benefiting from their corporate stores. And then you have where franchisors are allowed to take rebates and they do take some rebates. So say that they're saving their savings because there's a hundred franchisees and 10 of those are corporately owned and managed locations. They're able to save 10% on all the supplies on the wholesale rate that's quoted. If you're just an independent pizza operator and you would get 10% below that. The franchisor for their effort and work might take 5% as a rebate and then pass 5% savings onto you 
as an independent uh, franchise owner. So you have that where the franchisors negotiate on your behalf. There might be costs, legal fees, et cetera, to, to get the prices down. And they take some of that as, as a form of a rebate. And many franchise agreements allow franchise wards to take a, a rebate um, from, from the vendors that they, they provide to their franchisees. And you're also getting below market. So it's better than if you were an independent pizza operator. And then you have where you're getting the wholesale rate and the franchise brand vets the product, but it's the wholesale rate. So whether you were an independent pizza owner or you're part of this large pizza franchise system, you pay the same for the supplies. So there's really the collective purchase doesn't necessarily doesn't benefit you as a franchise owner, but the franchisor get, is getting a nice rebate and how they decide to reinvest that rebate or just take dividends out to their shareholders, that's debatable, but it's usually cleanest going through one of the other options where the franchise owner directly benefits from that collective purchasing power. And then kind of the radical example is where there's collective purchasing power because there's 400 franchisees, but then the franchisor decides that, yes, we're making money on royalties, but these are 400 customers and I want to sell them at a markup from what the wholesale is, or I'm gonna produce this product myself to sell to these franchisees and make in a nice margin. So that, that doesn't help the franchisee benefit from the collective purchasing power. That's really just helping the franchisor. So you have a full scale of collective purchasing, just helping franchisees where it's an independent co-op. And for one reason or another, there's no corporate stores or corporate stores aren't part of that co-op for purchasing the goods. So really the value is just the, the franchisee that they're getting directly and indirectly the franchisor is happy because that franchisee makes more money, not necessarily a top line revenue, but they could reinvest and open up more locations. So franchise fee, royalties, et cetera, that the franchise brand, the franchisor could be making. And then the other extreme where there's a lot of purchasers, but the franchisors taking all those rebates and deciding how to best reinvest in the business or just take that as part of the dividends back to the owners of the company. So the collective purchasing uh, of a franchise system is amazing if it's well implemented and you really need to know what you're getting into. And that's one of the questions that you should ask the franchise franchise or whoever's selling you the franchise and then also talk to some existing franchisees to see how it works in their favor or not in their favor uh, on the collective purchasing side. Hope you enjoyed today's video. If there's other material you'd like us to review, give me a shout at patrick at vettedbiz.com. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. You can leave us a review. If you enjoyed the podcast episode, if you hated the podcast episode, let us know what you thought as well as what future episodes you'd like to hear. Feel free to also drop me a line at patrick at vettedbiz.com and subscribe please to our YouTube channel, Business and Franchise Opportunities by Vetted Biz. This has been Franchise Findings Podcast. Thanks for listening.